0: Gonna make it bend and break Say a prayer but let the good times roll In case God doesn't show And I want these words to make things right But it's the wrongs that make the words come to life But Who does he think he is?
1: Ah, 2007. What a year. I remember it clearly. I presumably had my learner's permit that year as I was 15. Going on 16, mind you, so I might have had my learner's permit for some time. But hey, I was driving non independently. That was really not a factor. I didn't have a vehicle. Um, it was also the year my brother graduated high school. Um, which I do kind of remember. I had a girlfriend. I got a girlfriend that year. Yeah, that lasted a year. It was... it was no good. I mean, it was fine, but it was really just... it was really just nothing. And most importantly, the Victory Hockey League sprung into existence through the hard work of various other teenagers, slightly older teenagers, I think, at the time. Of course, I wouldn't go on to discover the league for another 3 years after that. And even from that point, so much has changed. Hi, I'm Jardy B10 and you are listening to Jardy's hacking podcast. The season Oh god, what season is it? Let's say 84. Maybe it's 83. <laughs> Theme week edition. Now it's interesting doing a theme week podcast off the cuff because I can't just really talk about anything. I got to keep it within theme. Um, I suppose the other issue is that I've already spent probably a fair bit of uh, airtime talking about my VHL memories and shit. Like I've gotten that question multiple times on my question thread. Which, if you're listening right now, go on, uh, go on ahead and hit up my question threads. You can hit up the Dr. Jardy's Advice Corner Or just my regular old podcast question thread And ask questions I might not see them But I'll answer them eventually Um, Fifteen years ago I was not throwing out plugs for podcasts Hell, twelve years ago I wasn't even doing podcasts That was more of a recent thing But hey, let's try and stay on track What I think I'm going to talk about today uh, Are just a few things Just I guess, yeah Maybe my earliest VHL memories uh, mechanically, and, and how they've changed. Now, it's both interesting and fitting that the first uh, media spot, or sorry, excuse me, the first point task that I noticed uh, after Theme Week was announced was uh, TMG Sozas uh, made a graphic about the Season 15 Champions. That's what the graphic was all about, it was of the Season 15 Champions um, and that really stood out to me because I think I would have joined during Season 15. And it's interesting because, uh, as Sosa sort of pointed out, or graphicked, uh, the champions, the Founders' Cup champion that season was the Season 15 Minot Gladiators, uh, a team that Jardy Bunkler would go on to play for, for a couple of seasons, uh, following <laughs> their Founders' Cup victory, um... And then the Season 15 Continental Cup champions were the Helsinki Titans, something I have no memory of. <sighs> maybe vague memory of. I want to say that might have been, I remember it was a bit of a hubbub, because it might have been Carl Jacobs' last season, and he went out on top. He might have signed to Helsinki as a free agent and won. And that was a story that I maybe remembered seeing. I could have that mixed up. Um, but what I am going to point out is how the, what the experience of joining the VHL was back then. So I would have created early to mid season 15, probably. And when I created, I had zero TPE because I mean, that just makes sense. You're starting from scratch. You create your player. doesn't matter what point of the season you're in. You don't have any points yet Because you just got here You know So that's how it was Um, I didn't really I I had an understanding Of the point tasks But I just didn't do any Because I guess one thing That was different was Internet culture I would say the culture of VHL Which I mean it was But it was more or less Just an internet culture thing I was fairly new To public forums at the time So I didn't want to just go in there kind of half-cocked writing about anything um, because I didn't want to get bullied. (laughs) And uh, so I essentially kind of lurked for the first few weeks uh, for the rest of the season, really. Uh, And the only TPE I got as a result was from the VHLM practice facility, which I think was just one TPE per week. You know, you post... Yeah. In the VHLM practice facility forum Which there is still a relic of on the forum today um, Where someone would post a thread every week And be like, it's VHLM practice, post in here And you get a point um, So I did I, I did that for three weeks or four weeks or whatever And got like 4TP uh, from that and of course, updating was entirely different too. Those, there also might be relics of that on this forum. Certainly there would be. Uh, back in my day, you had to create your own thread with all your attributes on it and um, manually update your attributes. So you'd say, for instance, with my 4TP that I got from Practice Facility, uh, I would post in there one week, oh, uh, here's a link to my Practice Facility. I would like to plus one into my skating to bring it from 40 to 41. That's uh, how that would have gone 12 years ago now. And then somebody, namely Kendrick, would manually have to check all of these, uh, all of these update threads uh, to verify that the math checks out and that no one's cheating and that they did, in fact, earn those points. Um, and from there the Simmer, which at the time was Sterling, would then have to manually update that into STHS. A very nightmarish uh, process of events. But as a new member, I didn't really know any of that. Uh, the other experience that is now a bit different was getting on a new team. So when I joined mid-season, uh, there was actually a waiver system in place. Uh, a true waiver. So They're, they're called waivers, kind of archaically nowadays but in reality they are is a free agent system nowadays uh, but back then it was truly a waiver um, and the beginning of the season the priority began with the reverse order of the standings of the previous season but once you made a claim you'd be moved to the bottom of priorities so this inadvertently kind of encouraged gm's to Claim rather thoughtfully, it wasn't even really a good play to. Well, if you had high priority anyway, it wasn't really a good play to just sign any fucking random who decided to create because uh, they would have literally no TP. wouldn't even really be an immediate asset to your team because they're just as good as the bots, <laughs> and you don't know if they're going to stick around. Um, you have to real know. No true means of making him stick around I don't know, there wasn't really an incentive Man, lots of change I just realized this podcast could get very long If I'm talking about how all the things are different But I'll keep going But yeah, unless you were already a low priority team There wasn't a lot of great incentive To pick up a new member Um, But that being said I was in fact picked up by a GM By the name of Streetlight You wouldn't know him Just kidding, you would. He's still here. It's scoop. Uh, And I played for the Toledo Scorpions with uh, mostly inactives, I think. The main inactive was, of course, DeBrickshaw O'Neill. I don't know who he belonged to, but let me tell you, that guy was one of the top players in the league that season. Sure, the user had been gone for who knows, at least a couple seasons by then, which is why his player was so dominant, because back in those days... um, Well, I guess these days we have a a couple things that replace this system. We have the plus 10 TPE first-generation bonus, and then we have the plus 10 TPE VHLM graduation bonus. But back then, how it worked was, you would choose, like... Oh, fuck, maybe... Oh, God. Oh, God. There was a couple iterations of this, but the one I'm going to lay out is that you would choose a couple of stat. No, yeah, no, the original one was purely based off points, I remember now. Originally, how many points you got in the season, you know, goals were assigned a small percentage of a TPE, and assists were assigned a small percentage of TPE, um, and then how your player performed in that season would determine how much TPE you got at the end of the season to a maximum of 20. Um, And back in those days, you could update, uh, the GM could update their inactive prospects um, just for that VHLM bonus. Um, And I don't really think there was a real cap on the VHLM, playing in the VHLM. There might have been, but if it was, it was pretty high. But this led to like a lot of... Two hundred plus TPE inactives dominating the VHLM, and that's how the VHLM was for nearly the first twenty seasons of the league's existence. So let me tell you some legends like Debrickshaw O'Neill, Frank Ricard, Keith Robertson—all amazing players, all belonging to people who um, weren't active. Actually, Frank Ricard was from a user called Frank the Tank, I think who maybe had a notable player previous to his going inactive, But I digress, those are the legends of my day. After that, once I got drafted to the VHL with my whopping 12 TB, um, how did that work? I got a few off of, maybe I had six weeks of practice facility, and then I got in on a free week. Um, That's a lot of practice facility, maybe I did play basically the whole season. But once I was drafted to the Calgary Wranglers, I obviously needed some VHLM conditioning because, you know, I had 12 TB. Um, so I went to their farm team, because back in my day, we had farm teams, like proper farm leagues, as in Calgary was associated with the Minot Gladiators. And anybody drafted by Calgary not playing in Calgary would play for the Minot Gladiators. And now that I'm saying that, I'm remembering why there was such high TPE inactives on teams. It wasn't that they were unwanted prospects from... Um, or it not that they were prospects at all from other teams. They were literally free agents, I'm fairly sure, who just went inactive, who weren't wanted by VHL teams, because they were relatively low TPE, like two to 300. <laughs> they don't want to sign an inactive free agent for two, to 300 TPE. so... The VHL MGMs got to sign them. If the VHL teams didn't want them or didn't have them called up. Gosh, what a system. But I digress once again. I'm actually just really amused. Like when I am really thinking about it and remembering how it was, it's comical to me. So I'm just I'm figuring this out live on the podcast. Anyway, once I was drafted, I felt, you know, if a number of weeks had gone by, I felt comfortable enough that I could start writing point tasks. And so I did. Uh, And back in my day, uh, the TPE cap was nine. And the means of earning TPE were, as they are today, you could do a media spot graphic or podcast, which were extremely unpopular, but they existed, um, for six TPE. Uh, Additionally, you could do a VHL.com article. Which at the time were called Fan 590s And to this day I will still often call them Five Five, Fan 590s And those were worth, I think, one T V at the time I do not believe VHL.com graphics were a thing VHL.com podcasts were definitely not a thing I said that confidently, I'm not, I don't really think they were though um, And that was, that was it, if you didn't have a job If you want to reach 9TP a week or cap, you needed to have a job. Um, And jobs were limited. There was grading, which I'll come back to. Updating, which I talked about already. Um, And I guess there's updaters nowadays, just their role has changed significantly. Um, And then there was GMing, but only (laughs) VHL GMing. VHL GMs had no rights back then. They were, frankly, an afterthought. They weren't really needed. Uh, It was more just, like, the VHLM was such an afterthought. Like, the whole league was very much an afterthought, so if there was someone on your team who kind of felt like fucking with the VHLM lines, they could do that. But at the time, that was also, like, troublesome sometimes, um, since they were Affiliate, like it was all run through the same instance of uh, STHS, which means, for example, when I was drafted, I do believe I was My Knot's GM uh, effectively. But if that means if I wanted to change My Knot's lines, I had to hope that Matt Benz didn't also change his lines for Calgary that same day because his would take precedence. Um, and they ran the risk of overwriting each other. That was a bit of a problem with having actual farm leagues, uh, was that they literally could conflict if the GMs were sending lines on the same day. Or worse yet, maybe they weren't sending them on the same day, but maybe Matt Benz decides to use an old fucking client file, which essentially would roll back my lines in my not, fucking a week or whatever randomly. Um, that's also a thing that could and did happen. But anyway, I didn't get paid for VHL, <laughs> for MGming. Um, what I got paid for, how I eventually, presumably capped out? Yeah, 6 plus 1 plus 2? Yeah, that's 9. I got my job grading. And grading, kids, uh, which has somewhat been taken over by reviewing, was a thing we did to uh, <laughs> quality check people's point tasks. So... I would grade people's media spots, because I didn't know anything about graphics. Uh, So I was hired as a media spot grader, because, you know, I had graduated high school by then. I knew basic grammar, um, and I knew how to proofread, (laughs) I guess, at a high school level. Um, So I would read people's media spots. Uh, In order to get one TPE for uh, grading pay, I would have to grade 10 media spots, I believe it was originally. Uh, I think it might have got moved down to, like, 7 or 8 or something. I don't fucking know. Uh, But for one TPE, I had to grade 10 media spots, which means I would read uh, over the course of a week. I would try to read and grade 20 media spots. Um, Maybe it was only 5. I can't remember. Um, But the moral of the story is uh, every point task had to get graded twice before it could be claimed for TPE. Um... So it was my duty end, if I didn't feel if there was lots of spelling mistakes in that media spot, I would take off points to the point where you're not even necessarily earning six TPE off your point task. If you submit a if you're new to graphics and you submit a fairly bad graphic because you're new to graphics, you're not getting six TPE. You've got five, so you're just not capping out. Um, and if you're doing media spots, if you're just Whatever shitty at English, or if English is your second language, uh, if your grammar's kind of bad for whatever reason, we're also probably not getting 60p a week um, because there's too many spelling mistakes or whatever reason we uh, didn't feel that <laughs> point tests were up to snuff. Um, and yes, you needed two grades, and each grader's grade would be averaged out, and that's what you would get for your media spot, and then you could claim created situations where if graders were busy or lazy or there weren't enough of them um, there could be media spots or graphics just kind of sitting ungraded and unable to be claimed that caused a lot of conflict um over the years and obviously so did <laughs> uh another source of conflict is if people weren't getting sixes and you know they felt like they should have or yeah they're just doing this fun sim league and they don't want their grammar and or artwork torn apart and said it's not good as other people's that was something that was different and now that i'm thinking of it i actually don't know or really think that gms did get paid (laughs) in fact i think that was i think the decision to give them pay was met with some apprehension because the thought was hey we only want GMs who want to GM. Like, <laughs> TP is rare. Jobs are rare. We don't want no motherfuckers coming in here just for the money and doing a shitty job GMing. If you want a GM, you have to want it. Um, that sounds right to me. So I take it back. There was no GM pay. There was just grading and updating and maybe something else that I'm forgetting. Uh, and forget, I do... I... There, there, There is so much I could talk about. Like, the VHLM alone, my god. Um, the amount of twerks and reworks that happened to it over the years. Um, some of them fairly quickly after I joined, uh, Tifong gave it quite the fucking facelift um, in the season 18 to 20-ish area. I don't exactly remember when. Um, but much has changed, and here we are today. 15 years later... We've got a portal. We've got lots of things. We've got human beings on the site. Dozens and hundreds of members. Way way bigger. We have twice the teams we did back in the day. Uh, The VHLM is a fully independent league. And hey, holy shit, so is the VHLE. Um, Yeah, it's amazing. I'm happy to have been here for as long as I have. It's been quite the experience. Um but I think I'm going to call it there. I'm home now, and I want to edit this tonight. So, happy motherfucking birthday, VHL. Catch you on the flip side. Go fuck yourself. Let's die.